Hello, and welcome to Women Express. This is a special edition as we start to go into the November election season. Well, actually, we're a few days away from the November election. Things are going to change in the United States, and as a result of that, change in the world. What is our role? How do our voices make a difference? I've seen over the last several months in this year of tragedy for many, sorrow for many, with the pandemic and the way that it is being handled in our country, I've seen so many people stand up and speak out with some of the changes that are beginning to happen even in the Supreme Court. It doesn't change the truth that it's our time. It's our time. It's our time to come together. It's our time to make a difference. It's our time to create steps. And it's our time to speak up even more. What I'm going to really encourage each and every one of you listening to this podcast today is to think about ways that you can expand in bigger, more effective, more focused visions and then begin to share those visions with others. I'm going to bring to you today someone who is a venture capitalist who helps women. Gender is actually their focus in terms of how they help build their financial portfolio. So this next talk is all about economic empowerment in a much bigger way than even I've ever considered. And I'm excited to have Jenny Abramson with us today. The other thing before we bring Jenny on is each of these podcasts coming forward, I'm going to do my best to bring opportunities to help you really grow in your business, grow in your focus, to inspire you to create a business, to inspire you to think bigger in the business that you're in. So the women that are coming up are all coming from the perspective of advancing you, not only your voice, but the way you show up in the world. I think it's our time and I want to give you the tools to make it your time. And I'm really excited. So let's sit back wherever you are, probably home, (laughs) and listen to Jenny Abramson, the founder and managing partner of Rethink Impact and her wonderful, wonderful way of inspiring women to build tech companies and solve the world's biggest problems. So there you are. Enjoy. Welcome to Women Express. Thanks for joining me today. I'm so excited. I'm going to do a brief, just a very brief bio on Jenny, but Jenny Abramson is our guest today. And she is a phenomenal woman. She's very humble on top of that. Most women are when it comes to blowing our own horn. So I'm going to blow the horn for her. I'm going to tell you how wonderful she really is. I was blown away just looking at her resume. And then I clicked on she is being featured in Forbes Packed 50 this month. And I just clicked on that. And I was really blown away by her and her accomplishment because she's in the likes of which there are Jean Case and Reed Hoffman and and Serena Williams. She's being featured with all of the tech, high tech founders and co-founders, Melinda and Bill Gates. And then there is 
Jenny, who is holding it down for herself. So let me tell you a little bit about that and that'll be a piece of it. So Jenny is the founder and managing partner of Rethink Impact, the largest US-based venture capital firm with a gender lens. Yay. That invests in female leaders using technology to solve the world's biggest problems. Former tech CEO herself, she's held leadership roles across major media, education, and data companies. Jenny has been named a Forbes Impact 50, and I just talked about that. But she also is in one of the Entrepreneurs Magazine's Top 100 Powerful Women. She also has spoken to many groups, United Nations being one, and has been interviewed on CNN, New York Times, Squawk Box, yay, and more. Jenny has a BA and an MA from Stanford, MBA from Harvard's Business School, and was a Fulbright Scholar at the London School of Economics. So she comes much hailed, wonderful things to say, and she's a great woman to talk to, and that's why I'm with her today. I want to say one quick thing as well. Jenny was referred to me by Sheila Johnson, the owner of the Salamander Resort and Spa, who is a was a co-owner of BET. And she told me I had to have Jenny on my show. I had to have Jenny on my show. I had to have Jenny on my show. Point. <laughs> so here you are. And I'm really, really thrilled to have you. So welcome. Thank you. I have a couple of things I want to talk to you about, but first, tell me a little bit about Rethink Impact. I mean, you are the largest based impact venture capitalist firm for women in the United States. So how did that happen? How did you get to that place? And what made you think that this was something great to do? Because it is. Luck and hard work. But no, when I started to rethink impact, it was very much in response to the fact that female-led companies were getting a lower percentage of capital than when my own mom actually did venture investing 20 plus years earlier. And the numbers hadn't changed. And this was despite the fact this was less than 3% of venture dollars going to women and only 0.06% going to black female-led companies. So it's astounding numbers. And You know, this was despite the fact that data shows on average female-led companies exit faster, I think about a year faster, have higher revenue, 10%, are more capital efficient, and have higher valuation increases. So this wasn't just a let's do something good. Uh, It really was an opportunity that was being missed in the market. And when you couple that with the fact that running an impact business actually means a large market opportunity, ability to attract great talent. And really, if you're selective about where you invest, it shouldn't have an impact on your returns in, in any negative way. It really felt like mirroring these two together was an opportunity in the moment. So that's sort of how this started and led to us investing in female-led tech companies that are tackling the world's biggest problems. Well, interesting that you would say that, tackling the world's biggest problems, because that is the name of our show. I just kind of stole that from you as your t- the title of the show is Solving the World's Biggest Problems. And women are solving the world's biggest problems in a lot of arenas. I think that we're starting to get used to the fact that we're here and we're here to stay and that we're going to make a difference no matter what. So tell me, what is it? What are some of the world's largest problems that you see women solving? 
Women are solving, and men, frankly, but we really like to see diverse management teams. But some of the areas, we focus on four particular areas that we see big issues in. One has to do with accessible and affordable healthcare. We tend to focus on digital healthcare specifically. Second has to do with educational inequality and sort of looking at innovation in ed tech, whether that's tools for teachers, families, which matters now more than ever. Um, ever. The third area is environmental solutions. So we do a lot with environmental IoT. All of the businesses we invest in are tech businesses. Mm -hmm. So we're looking sort of at the data side, whether that's water quality, air, or otherwise food. And then the fourth area has to do with economic empowerment, people moving up in the economic ladder. So what we often call fintech for good. And we're generally looking for companies that already have commercial traction. They might have a half a million, a million, or even three, four, five million in annual revenue when we invest. And we're looking for companies that can scale, you know, in three, five or so years to a hundred million in revenue. And we're helping them in that scale from sort of series A or B scaling up. That's really great. That's fantastic. Because those percentages have been down. I mean, I know I've been in business for, and by the way, my brand is called Speaking with Impact because we, I'm a right. communication expert and I help people speak to the media and, and to big presentations, investor presentations, partner summit. And when I started 29 years ago, almost 29 years ago, there was none of me, yep. not in this business or anywhere, none of me. Certainly, and when I say me, African-American and woman, that yep. there was... I was it. I was the only one at the table in the room talking to anybody. And most of the people in my sessions when I was teaching presentation skills or prepping were all white men. And the place that I was doing all of my work was in Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. At the time, I worked for a big company, a tech company that had one of probably four. So I said 29 years, so you know I've been out there for a while. She was one of four CEOs in the tech industry. Wow. One of four. And I know that's changed quite a bit, but tell me a little bit about that change. I mean, how are you seeing the change? It's some of the disparities are still there. Yeah, you know, I think unfortunately, COVID, ha- we were, I think we were seeing a lot of change. You were seeing more money coming in to female entrepreneurs. I think the data is finally out that people are saying, oh, it's actually a good investment. Things were starting to change. I think changing of the ecosystems. I think COVID and, and a quarantine environment has set us back a bit, to be totally candid. This first half of 2020 saw a 22% year-over-year decrease in the percentage of venture capital dollars going to female-founded companies. And a new study came out showing how much less runway, you know, 26% of female founders had 12 months, at least 12 months of runway to run their business versus 38% of of male founders who had more than that. And the number drops to 19% for female founders of color. And yet, despite that, in terms of predictions of their business, women are actually predicting their businesses to do as well and to get through this, if if anything, as well as men are predicting, which is a great thing to see. And I think has to do with a lot of things around resilience and sort of being used to being capital efficient. So I think that there has been a, a blip recently, I would say. I think a lot of this sort of being at home leads people back to old patterns of getting together with people they know or investing in people they know. But I do believe we're at this sort of great moment of change. I think you're seeing more and more female partners and venture capital funds 
more and more female-led businesses becoming unicorns. We had a company, Guild Education, that we invested that helps frontline workers go back, you know, get skills, go back to school for a dollar a day or different models for big companies like Starbucks they work with or Wells Fargo or others. And they became a billion-dollar unicorn last year. And so I think that as you can point to more and more Rent the Runway, more and more businesses that have done really well, it makes it that much easier for investors to say, oh, this is a good opportunity area. And I love the fact that you look at it from an opportunity perspective, not just from the gender perspective, but the opportunity perspective leads to gender because it just makes sense, right? I think so. I think it really helps people understand because at the end of the day, this is capitalism and people invest to make money. And so, yes, I think the private sector is critical in terms of tackling our world's greatest challenges, but also I think it can be a huge lever for opportunity that the total addressable markets of these businesses or these problems is actually quite large. So you're working with, we know in the healthcare industry, but what other economic empowerment industries are you working in? Sure. If it's helpful, I could give you an example sort of of a type of company in in that, you know, economic empowerment, you know, we, I was just on the phone with a company called Future Fuel that we support, which is a fintech platform targeting the 44 million people in this country who collectively owe more than $1.5 trillion of student debt. Mm. And they do this by enabling employers to offer student loan repayment and refinancing as a benefit, the way you might offer any other benefit your employees. And it helps with employee retention. It helps with increased workforce diversity. It increases productivity because they're not as stressed about your loans and other things. And they also go direct to consumers to help them lower their monthly debt payments, shorten the amount of time. They actually just announced a major partnership with UBS Bank last week. Yay! It's incredible. The average future fuel user saves about $15,000 on accrued interest and shaves off about four years of their student debt payments off their loan. So we think of that as an economic empowerment issue because with 70% of people graduating with student debt, it's a huge difference in terms of the freedom you have to select the job you want to live the life you want to live. So that's an example of one in that sort of area. Obviously, you know, I could give you a health example or an environmental one if that's helpful, but that's sort of an example in the economic empowerment. I really love that because that 70%, I mean, I know for a fact, my daughter's sitting here on student loans and every time she's recently wanted to buy property and every time she goes for the loan, they won't give it to her because she has student loans. And it's like, are you kidding me? How does she ever get from underneath it? You know, and that's the thing. I mean, she chips away at it, but they're huge. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so we believe these are huge problems, but also big business opportunities. And that if you can turn them into big businesses, then it makes the impact much more sustainable. That's great. So it truly is something that makes a difference for not only the corporation, but it makes a difference for the people that work for that corporation. Absolutely. So it's a, it's a pain know, for other them. examples. We don't do everything through employers, but you know, we have a company spring health that we invest in, which is really tackling the mental health crisis in this country. Mm-hmm. I think 50% of days that are missed by employees are missed for mental health reasons, not physical reasons. So it's a mm-hmm. huge employer issue. But it's also a a treatment issue. And with COVID, obviously bigger now than ever. And it's a precision mental health 
treatment platform. It helps people get more accurate mental health treatment faster. So a lot of times people just tackle mental health of how do you get it as quickly as possible? How do you get the help? They're trying to get you the right help. And this is, you know, an incredible company that that really reduces what used to be trial and error in terms of mental health and helps people recover about 30% faster. And they work with big employers. So, so some of our companies do go through employers like Spring, like Future Fuel, but we have many others that, that obviously go other paths. What is the percentage now of women that venture capitalists actually invest in? You said there was a small percentage. What is that? 3% of venture dollars going to female-led companies. It's a pretty low number that hasn't changed that much, depending on there's different data of how you count female-led. But but in any data, I've never seen one that's higher than 10%. And it's it's an incredibly low number, despite the fact that women are starting many, many businesses. So it is not a pipeline issue. I think we're really trying to rebuild the ecosystem from the ground up and really grow people's networks and grow the capital that's focused on this opportunity. So if you were looking for an opportunity with the venture capitalist, I'm just going to take it down to the basic yeah. level. What would be the five steps or the, the six steps that I would want to take to be capital worthy? And what if, you know, one thing that kind of my little antennas went up is that the verbiage, the things that you said, you know, economic empowerment, what kind of, what are the steps to get to that economic empowerment with the venture capitalists. So do you mean as an entrepreneur, if you're looking as an entrepreneur, money? Yes. Mm-hmm. you know, I think there's a couple of things. I think one is doing your homework and really figuring out which venture capital fund is right for you. It depends what stage you're in, right? We're a later stage, but there are funds that are available for earlier stage or incubators or accelerators and figuring out whatever your business is, you know, is this someone who backs physical products? If you're someone who's building a consumer goods business, or is this a tech only and making sure when you pitch people, you're really adjusting and finding the right ones who are right fit for you. I think the second is really proving that your product or idea has a market and figuring out how to be scrappy enough so you can actually show someone will buy it because I think that will make your valuation higher and make sure it makes sense. I think the third is really making sure you have a technology or a product that is unique and differentiated and a team that is diverse and brings different perspectives, or at least that's something we care deeply about. And then um, when you do pitch, I guess the last thing I would say is assume that everyone you're pitching is getting hundreds of emails every day And so how do you stand out in a way that makes it quick to digest your pitch, but quickly gets to the point? So that would be my offering too. I would say the same thing. (laughs) And I think a lot of venture capitalists on Twitter, a lot of us, you know, are doing that and, you know, are hopefully putting out tips or advice or resources. So, you know, figuring out when you know who is a fit, what are they looking for following their conversations on LinkedIn and Twitter or anywhere else? so that you can have the most effective conversation when you do connect. So you think the path is really well laid and that there should be more people coming in the direction, more women coming in the direction of venture capitalists helping them well, I don't think venture, capitalists, venture capital dollars are right for every entrepreneur. I think you know the venture capital gets a lot of attention in the media, but there are mm-hmm. some businesses that aren't hockey stick growth curves, you know, there's some businesses that debt makes more sense, or, you know, really being so capital efficient that you're cash flow positive and growing it off your own balance sheet. And so I think that there are different businesses that are right for different types of capital. So by no means do I think venture capital is sort of the right path for everyone. So tell me a little bit because you're so it's interesting talking to you in general as a person. 
Tell me a little bit about your path. What inspired you in onto this path? Tell me a little bit about your path. You know, for me, I actually originally thought I wanted to be a school teacher in the inner city. I had been very lucky. I'd had a lot of teachers as a young kid who had been very good to me. While I was in college, I, I did a fellowship working with seventh graders and realized that the seventh grade girls were probably going to eat me for lunch. Now, I realized that probably while I liked it, I really wanted to have more sort of whole scale structural change. And so worked on a, a number of paths and really ultimately found myself as the CEO of a company and often the only female on a given stage or in a given room and thought that no matter how successful I, I maybe would be lucky enough to be in that role, that the real issue was this issue that that I was mentioning my mom had been working on, you know, decades before of access to capital and that, you know, there were all of these incredible women I had gone to school with, had worked with somehow, yet there was no one else there or very few. And so to me, it felt like the best path was to raise capital and to partner up. And I have, you know, incredible partners and others who I work with on our team, but to really bring together a team of us who could support entrepreneurs, both with money, advice, support. And we're lucky. We have people like Sheila and others who are not just invested, but, you know, who really care about the entrepreneurs we support, who really want to help in any way, open doors. And so what we try to do is really change, you know, my partner Heidi and I really try to change the whole ecosystem mm-hmm. for those we invest in, to bring them together, to have a community, to bring resources when COVID, you know, first happened. If it's online sales, you know, call inside sales training, or it's how do you deal with COVID and the implications on taxes? You know, how do you think about all the pieces? So we try to be supportive in, in other ways beyond our capital. So your approach is very holistic. We try. Yes. It sounds like we're it also is. lucky. We, we invest in just absolutely incredible entrepreneurs who are, you know, just so talented and often have been touched by whatever issue they're trying to solve mm-hmm. in such a deep way that it makes them resilient, you know, against all the bumps that, that all entrepreneurs face. And you do been there, done that and still do it. (laughs) It's it's so true. So what would be your vision? If you could really hold a light up and go for a major vision, what would you like to see specifically for women? Yeah. You know, I would say as someone who has two daughters myself, I would really like to say that, you know, when they're in the working there, whether they're starting a company or doing anything else, I'd like to to see that the capital and their access to capital is equal uh, mm-hmm. to that of men. I'd like to say that that's the case, regardless of your gender, your color, you know, race, religion, anything. I think that the more diversity we have, the more as a society we'll be able to tackle our biggest problems, and it'll be good for the economy. And so, I think the biggest thing I'd like to see is that we sort of finally fix what really shouldn't exist mm-hmm. and has to do with sort of patterns of history that have repeated themselves. So I think that's what I see as both a vision and an opportunity. It is an opportunity. It is a trend because we are now, everyone's starting to rethink how we put together this, this quilt of experience, quilt of expertise, quilt of offering. It's great to hear someone say, you know, we, we're looking at that and we see it as an opportunity, but it's also answering the trend of today. So three key things that you would tell women who are th- are growing businesses that you would like to see them do in order to succeed, especially from the level of economic empowerment? 
One, surround yourself with a great team of people who don't just have your background, but who are different from you to have more diverse perspectives. We think that leads to more successful business. Two, make sure you find a way that this not only that this both solves a major problem in the world, because we think that's a bigger business opportunity, but also that there are people willing to pay for it. And I think the third is don't give up hope. When things are tough, it's tough for everybody. Uh, Just keep pushing. There are people out there who are excited to support you and help you. That's great. Well, we're about to see a lot of changes in what's going on in the United States and because of that, what's going on in the world. And certainly we want to make sure that as many women as possible can come to the table because I think our voices make a difference. I think our perspective makes a difference. I think our perspective is important. It's really good to see that so many women are reaching up into the political arena, but it's nice to hear that there are women entrepreneurs, because I know we grow faster. The the tendency is that there are more women entrepreneurs out there right now than ever. We tend to take our own into our own hands and really build the empires, build the communities, because for us, they're not so much empires, they're communities of people solving problems, doing things that make a difference. So having this conversation with you is, to me, an essential piece of the puzzle as we go forward. One of the things that I'm going to be doing when I post podcasts going forward is to say that no matter what happens with this upcoming election, no matter what happens there, no matter what happens with our government, it's still our time. We still have a lot of work to do. And thank goodness there are people like you out there that can help us get this job done. Well, I appreciate your saying that. You know, we do office hours in all of our cities and virtually. They're on our website on rethinkimpact.com. So if we can ever be helpful, we're happy to. I tweet out resources at Abramson Jenny and at Rethink Impact. And, you know, we're here to help and as are many um, out there. So thank you for what you're doing to sort of spread the word about the work more broadly uh, and wonderful to be with you. You're, well, thank you so much. You've been a, you're a real joy to be. Sheila was right. She said, I needed to talk to you, needed to talk to you. And it is true because as women, we have to think in a much more broad perspective and we have to think in a more deep perspective. And these are conversations like what you're doing and how you're approaching business and the economic empowerment is something that I think we really needed to hear. So thanks for being here. We'll look you. We'll definitely get to your website. Do you want to say it again, just in case they didn't hear it? Sure. Rethinkimpact.com. If it would be helpful. Talk to you later. Okay. Thanks so much, Jenny. You too. Thank you. Bye for now. So Jenny was a great interview for us to have. I'm just looking at all the people on the the Impact 50, Forbes Impact 50 was incredible. I mean, the names were all the people we know in tech and she is in that article along with them. So I would say, please take a look at the article. The other thing I wanna say about this interview is the words economic empowerment, some of the other things that she was talking about, about solving the world's biggest problems. Don't sit there and just think that you have something that's too small and don't think too small. Just going through her, the list of, the people on the 50 impact 50 Forbes impact 50 really expanded my awareness and made me realize 
all the things that I'm thinking about to do, these big things that I'm thinking to do, do them because now is the time to think big. We are beyond, we may be still under the throes of a pandemic, but we are certainly knowing now that there's more that needs to be done, more that we can do coming together and more that will make a difference in someone else's world and grow our communities. Women are about communities. So let's begin to build our community. Let's put strong financial foundations underneath them. Let's inspire each other as entrepreneurs. Let's support those of us that are in corporate America. And even those of us who are now at home, that's all of us. (laughs) That's all of us. Make sure that we keep our community strong, inspired, and expressing. So come on, women. Let's express. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you in a month. And remember, this is so critical for us. We'll be launching our website in the next few months by January for sure. We also on the website will be sharing with you our new adventures, which are one women express. I've been saying this for a moment. Women express summits. We're going to have a store where we'll have, of course, wonderful things that you can buy that remind you to express and to find your voice. We are also going to have, you've got the Power Speaker Series, where some of our speakers will come from these podcasts, and we'll do online speaker series where you can share time with them and share time with me. It'll be several of them at a time. And then lastly, This is our new offering that will be launched in January with our website. We are going to be doing networking at its best, where women will come together in groups of 12. You'll get to belong to a community, evolve with this community over a year's time. So it's not coaching. It's where you come to be, experience, inspire, and to support one another in small groups where you can actually grow. I had a long conversation with a friend of mine who is also a colleague. She has moved from one company, from Cisco to another tech company. And just the moments we spent together talking about the things that we saw in the industry and we see in the industry and our vision and our values and putting those all together. In that one hour, we accomplished a lot and created a lot of business for each other. So that's what these, what I'm calling, you've got the power networking, or you've got the power monthly meetings where you'll meet together over a year and evolve as women in conversation, in exchange, and making a difference for each other. So look forward to those four things in January as we launch Women Express to another platform. We'll keep doing the podcast but we'll also have other resources for you and other opportunities for you to grow who you are as a woman. Grow your voice, stand up, stand out. When we do it collectively, we get the power. We have the power. So thank you for joining me again. That's www.womenexpress.com. You can get to it now. It just isn't the beautiful thing that will come out in January, but also please subscribe. It makes a difference. Follow me. It makes a difference. My followers and people who have subscribed give us the opportunity to spread this message about the power of your voice 
and giving each other the opportunity to get information from resources like Jenny Abramson. I'm trying to bring you the best of the best, but some of them also are going to be everyday Oprah's. We can use knowledge all in a more holistic way. And that's the plan. And that's the reason for Women Express Podcast. So thanks again. Subscribe, follow, and I'll see you in one month. Everyone stay well, stay happy, because happiness and love builds immunity in the body. Come on, women. Let's express. Bye for now. We had a great time today. What I'd like to ask you to do is to rate us. Give us good ones. Review and subscribe. And if you love the time you spent with us and loved our speakers, our interviewees, then share this with your friends. Let's collectively women express. Thank you for being with me. Bye for now.